It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is Halloween, October 31st, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com coming at you today with kind of a quick episode. I, I went kind of long yesterday with the Megapod. I apologize for that. It was a much longer episode than I anticipated. A lot to get to. Wanted to make sure I gave everyone the love that I could give. Uh, But I did, uh, of course, if you missed it yesterday, I did my Facebook Live episode. I'm doing a Facebook Live on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page every Sunday at around noon. So I did my big Facebook Live episode on yesterday's show. You can check that. You can check the recording of that out either on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page or on the Locked On Magic podcast. It's the first about 40 minutes of yesterday's show. I did a recap of the Hornets game and did a big preview of the Pelicans game. Uh, from Monday with the Bird Rights. Most of that is now irrelevant because the Magic played that game and, and a lot of my predictions did not come true because I'm still getting a handle of this team and I'm still beginning to learn and believe in what this team can do and and and, and that's what we'll talk a little bit about today on today's show. So uh, today might be a little bit of a shorter episode, of course, but um, we will uh, do what we can do. Of course, I want to remind everyone before we dive into that that you can check out other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching iTunes for your second favorite team to search Locked On, your favorite team. Let's say you're getting ready for the Magic's game against the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday. Locked On Grizzlies will be your source for all the Memphis Grizzlies information. Just great, detailed, day-to-day information just like you get here on Locked On Magic. There's one for every single team including for the NFL, trying to figure out if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can upset the New Orleans Saints, just like the Magic upset the Pelicans on Monday. Check out Locked On Buccaneers or, or Locked On Bucks. Let's say you're interested in the teal out going on in Jacksonville this Sunday and the surprise run by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can check out Locked On Jaguars as well. So be sure to check out those great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for in the NBA or the NFL. And I would be remiss if I did not mention here that yours truly was on the Locked On NBA podcast on Monday. David Locke hosts a general NBA podcast in addition to his duties hosting Locked On Jazz. It's a great resource. He interviews some great people around the league. It's great insight directly from the sources that know their teams and from great national sources. He has, an, he has an anonymous scout that comes on and talks about the league. He has an anonymous coach that comes on and talks about the league. He 
talks to great great writers like Kevin Pelton and Kevin Arnovitz, uh, as well as people as well as the Locked On hosts like you like me. I was on the podcast along with Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Pistons to talk about the surprise teams in the league. So I talked. We talked a lot about the Orlando Magic, a good solid 15-minute segment on there, so be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. But let's get into Monday's game. The Orlando Magic went to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Pelicans and came out with a 115-99 victory in what was, to say the least, an impressive performance from the Orlando Magic. It, it was definitely coming off a of back-to-back after a disappointing loss in Charlotte, going across time zones, but going west, so it wasn't as bad. But um, uh, just an impressive performance. Uh, the Magic lost for the second time in the year Sunday and did not blink. Uh, just like when they lost to Brooklyn, they came out angry and a little bit upset with how they played and played with much more focused determination. Now, the Magic were far from perfect, obviously. Uh, they, they did have their struggles, and Anthony Davis did go ham a little bit. He finished with 39 points in the game. Uh, and, and Orlando gave up a, a decently big lead early. He gave up a 12-point first quarter lead, gave up 40 points in the second quarter. But the energy and focus was definitely there, and the Magic just needed to make some adjustments and and get things back on track. And surprisingly, or maybe it shouldn't be surprisingly anymore, that is exactly what they did in the second half. Orlando gives up just 35 points in the second half. They score 55 themselves, so a 20-point turnaround in the second half to take a 115-99 victory. This was a game that saw a lot of different pieces and a lot of different players step up for the Orlando Magic. Evan Fournier was a rock, as usual, 20 points, 4 assists, 7 for 12, shooting 4 for 7 from beyond the arc. Aaron Gordon shook off some early foul trouble, struggled with Anthony Davis on the defensive end but got himself going for 17 points, 7 for 13, shooting 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds for him. He did a really good job. Uh, when he got into rhythm, he did a really good job getting his shot into rhythm, finding space all along the three-point line. Fournier and Gordon both had turnover issues. Fournier turned it over five times, Gordon four times. So they were definitely forcing things a little bit, especially early on, especially in that second quarter. Uh, but when both were on, they were on, and, and they helped the Magic stay in the game as New Orleans uh, pushed the pace and and scored a lot of points in that second quarter. Nikola Vucevic also added 20 points on 9 for 17 shooting, 8 rebounds, d- dragged DeMarcus Cousins a little bit away from the rim. He made some tough shots, but a difficult game for the two bigs for Gordon and Vucevic going up against Davis and Cousins, both um, had their way a little bit with them at times on the defensive end. Uh, but eventually the Magic were able to kind of neutralize the Pelicans, and it was largely, if you can't tell by some of these numbers, by the three-point shot. Orlando shoots 50.6% from the floor, 47.1% from beyond the arc, 16 for 34 on threes. I think the Magic are probably, if you ask me, I think the Magic sweet spot for three-point attempts is probably at 27 or 28. I think they should still try and stay below 30. They shoot more than 30 the last two games. It kind of helped them stay in the game a little bit. But if they're making them, you take them. 16 for 34 is a great percentage from beyond the arc. As long as they're getting to the line, 13 for 18 from the foul line, I, I think you're okay on that front. You know, Maybe we'll, we'll find a happy medium or happy normal for the Magic and their three-point shooting. But it was a great three-point shooting game, and you can't go very far talking about that three-point shooting without getting to Maurice Spates. 18 points. 6-for-11 shooting, 6-for-10 from beyond the arc for Maurice Spates. He came in 
early in the first quarter with Aaron Gordon picking up two fouls quickly and Jonathan Isaac then picking up two fouls quickly. Isaac back from an illness. And he just did what Maurice Spates does. I don't think there's any other way to describe it because, you know, Maurice Spates is a shot taker and a shot maker. He is a three-point shooter through and through. And you give him a little bit of space. You got to respect the space he gives, obviously, and that opens up uh, opportunities for others to cut and drive. Uh, but when he is left open, he will take the shot. And, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is a little slow rotating back out to him. Um, you're finding a lot of centers that the Magic are facing right now do not want to guard the three-point line. And the Magic are making him pay with Nikola Vucevic and now Maurice Spates doing it as well. Uh, the Magic turned to Spates, and he just delivered. Uh, guys, I think he played 28 minutes over three games to start, uh, so far this season. He played 22 minutes, 22 and a half, nearly 22 and a half minutes in Monday's game and was a big difference, a big, big energy boost for the Magic, and, and that's obviously something that the Magic really needed uh, in this game. Orlando, like I said, got out to a 12-point lead in the first quarter but gave up 40 points in the second quarter, and that was... Um, largely because, you know, they kind of got sucked into their own pace. I think this is something we're seeing where the Magic kind of play fast just to play fast and, and don't take good shots or take quick contested shots or take, you know, just don't have the rhythm that they need or the passing that they need. We're, we're still seeing the Magic sometimes get a little stagnant where they try to isolate too much or don't move the ball. There, there are a few players that I think do this worse than others. Aaron Gordon, I think, is one guy who sometimes... Looks a little too much for his shot. You know, you kind of take one little probe and then you got to keep the ball moving. I think that's really, really key for the Magic that they keep the ball moving. It can't stay in one person's hands too much. I think Jonathan Simmons, as well as he's played, and he played really well, uh, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, six, uh, 7 for 12 shooting for Simmons. As well as he played, I think he too um, sometimes lets the ball stick in his hands a little bit too much with that bench unit. But... Uh, Overall, the Magic got the ball moving, in, and I think they 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 were able to keep their offense going, even if their defense really struggled, specifically on Davis. Davis just absolutely torched them. 39 points, 13 for 20 shooting, 13 for 15 from the line. Again, fouling a big issue for the Magic, although it was all Davis. The Magic really just had to throw bodies at Anthony Davis and just hope everyone else missed, and that's pretty much what happened. 45.9% shooting for the Pelicans, 25% from beyond the arc, 7 for 28 uh, in this game. And, and the Magic just changed, you know, they, they they didn't have a great defensive scheme for Davis in the first half. They go to the locker room, they come back out, and they do a much better job locking him down, just crowding him, making him make bad decisions. DeMarcus Cousins missing a lot of shots, staying on the perimeter, helped a lot. 5 for 14 for Cousins as he scored 12 points and grabbed 12 rebounds. Also added 7 assists. They did a good job getting the ball out of his hands. He committed 6 turnovers in the game. And that got the Magic's fast break going. And when the Magic's fast break is going... They're a really difficult team to beat. Um, I, I don't think there's any way around it. They 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 have become a really dangerous team in transition. And um, when their defense is going, when they're swarming, when they're doubling and, and trapping like they like they can and they have, and just really just flooding flooding your your field of vision. This is a really tough team to play, and I think the Magic are proving that. And as they continue to hit three pointers, I mean, it, it it's just really difficult to slow this team down. And there's, of course, another reason why this team is playing so well, and it's one that I'm going to talk a little bit more about, and that is, of course, the bench. The bench has really stepped up for the Magic so far this season, although I'm looking at these stats, 38 points from two players and then six more 
from two others. So that's, uh, what, 44 points off the bench, but most of that coming from two players. But I'll talk a little bit more about the bench in just a moment. Overall, I think the Magic have to be very pleased with the way they played. They had a little bit of slippage in that second quarter. They did not play a good second quarter. They let New Orleans back in the game. And then they had to buckle down. And I think, you know, as as this season has gone on, several themes have emerged, several trends have emerged with the we, the Magic, win. The Magic do not lie down. And I think that's a big, big deal for this team, especially with the way they played last year. They are really bought into the system because they are making, you know, they're playing the way they want to play. And when it has struggles or doesn't quite work, they make adjustments in the locker room. They come out and play really well. I think the the Fox Sports Florida broadcast has been touting this stat for several games now. The Magic, the Magic lead the league or, or at the very top of the league in first and third quarter scoring. So their starters are making adjustments and playing really, really good basketball. That's that's what that says to me. That their offense is just clicking so much with that starting unit that when we get to what we're going to talk about next, when the bench comes in. It makes an even bigger difference because the bench has been playing very, very well. Overall, a great bounce back win for the Magic. Just like when they lost to the Brooklyn Nets, they came back angry and focused, like in like they did in Cleveland, and they secured the win. Um, you know, it sounds really simple and stupid to say, good teams don't lose multiple games in a row. They find ways to win when they shouldn't. Magic should have won tonight. They were the better team. They find ways to win when they shouldn't. And they stop losing streaks before they start. Uh, you know, I I think we can all agree, and I think even the Magic would agree, and the Magic have said this about other other instances this le- this season. But I would say this is a game on a back to back after a disappointing loss in Charlotte that the Magic probably drop, and they let they let the team beat them twice, and then they have a tough time reeling it back in. The Magic are it seems so committed to what they're doing, and so together and playing together. Something that I thought they struggled with a little bit in Sunday's loss. They really brought it back. And that is such a great sign for this Magic team as this young season continues. Once again, the final score, the Orlando Magic 115, the New Orleans Pelicans 99. They will take on the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday in Memphis in a battle of two teams. Get this, with the best record in the NBA. 5-2, and two, the best record in the NBA at the moment. The Orlando Magic have the best record in the NBA at the moment. That's, that's, really, that's really what I want to say. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And, you know, a big reason why the Magic have played so well 
and a, a, just a huge difference, a, a, just a difference-making part of this Magic team is the bench. You know, we've for, for, for people who've watched this Magic team for five years, we've always kind of said, oh, the Magic got a good bench this year. They go 9-10 deep. They can rely on a lot of players on their team. And that would never became true. It was a lot of young guys. I mean, Etwan Moore plays for the Pelicans now, and he's really good. But when he was with Orlando, he wasn't always reliable. The Magic were experimenting a little bit during their rebuild with their benches, but didn't have a cohesive bench unit or didn't have a, a quality bench. It just never played itself out that way. Whether it was signing veterans like Channing Fry and Jeff Green and Willie Green and whoever else, or, or bringing in young guys, you know, like Daquan Jones or Dwayne Dedman or, or Etwan Moore. The Magic could never get a bench unit together that would help and maintain leads. It didn't help their starters were struggling, but, you know, when the starters were playing well, the bench would often give things away, and, and that's a lot to ask a young team to maintain and a young team to carry. Last year, after the All-Star break, the Magic, according to HoopStats.com, had the worst bench in the league by far. A negative 12 net rating, if I'm not mistaken. And despite the Magic starting lineup having a net positive rating and playing well, and as I said throughout the entire summer, I don't want to touch that starting lineup because they played really well together. Despite that, the Magic's bench was so bad, it did not matter. The Magic were 8 and 24, 8 and 26 after the All-Star break last year. Or 8 and 16, sorry, 8 and 16 after the All-Star break last year. That was really bad, and you could point the finger to the bench as the reason why. And so of course with the limited cap room the Magic had, the Magic really focused on making their bench better. They brought in some veteran guys like Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates. They, you know, hoped for another year of development from Mario Azonia. Uh, they hoped for a bounce back year from DJ August and Bismack Biombo. The prize signing, though, was Jonathan Simmons. It's three years, $18 million, really valuable deal. This was a guy who was coming off the bench playing maybe 12 minutes per game, 12 to 15 minutes per game for the Spurs, averaging about six points per game, but showed flashes of being able to do more in his time with the Spurs, in his, in his time playing with the Spurs. When he got more minutes, he produced even more. So, from there, what do the Magic do? From there, how do the Magic help Simmons grow? Well, they just had to let Simmons play. One of the bigger risks the Magic took this year was to kind of give Simmons the keys to the second unit and let him be the sixth man. A lot of Magic fans, even before the season started, wanted him to be the starter. He had to gain that trust, and perhaps he has now, because Simmons has been fantastic as that go-to bench guy. It's been some feeling out. He's definitely still testing the, the limits of his game, but against second units this year, Simmons has been absolutely fantastic and might be an early front early candidate for sixth man of the year. On Monday, he scored 20 points, 7 for 12 shooting, Six rebounds, four assists. For the season, again, small sample size, willingly, 
for the season, Simmons is averaging 16.7 points per game. 53.3% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from the arc. 5.1 free throw attempts per game, 25 and a half minutes per game. This is all off the bench. And it's not just that Simmons is producing these numbers and scoring a lot. It's the attitude he brings to the game. It's the energy he brings to the game. He lifts a lot of a lot of the team up. You go back to Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. When he he scored a career high 27 points that game. And was one of the few players really pushing the tempo, pushing the the pace and pushing uh, just trying to force and create things uh, uh, with the Magic team that wasn't doing very much on both ends. And that's the kind of play you need from your bench. You need a bench that's going to keep the energy up, to bring the energy when the starters don't have it, and to keep things afloat. In this early season, entering Monday's game, the Magic bench, according to HoopStats.com, the same site whose metrics show that the Magic had the worst bench in the league last year after the All-Star break. And I think they were 25th overall. That same or not that 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 same team now has the ninth best bench in the league, a positive net rating coming off the bench. And it's because of players like Simmons. And players like Jonathan Isaac, who maybe doesn't produce a lot statistically with his points, but makes a big impact with his game defensively. And I'm not in the boat that that thinks that Isaac would have completely changed the game against the Hornets, but it is clear he is a very good defender. And he does help lock down some of those bench units. But the Magic depth this year really does go beyond that. Someone on Twitter before Monday's game asked me, when when are Spates and Aflalo going to play? And my answer was, well, right now I think Frank Vogel wants to stick to his regular rotation, provide some confidence in those guys before he tinkers around or says, hey, I'm going to take you out of the rotation for tonight, let this guy get get some run and and kind of move move some guys around like Steve Kerr might do or like others might do. I think Vogel wants to just really establish the team's base right now. Let's not not go crazy, not not deviate too much from the plan or worry too much about you know getting a win. I think for sure Sunday would have been a night to make some changes uh, with some of the way with the way some of the players were struck, some of the players were struggling. But it's too early in the season maybe to do that. But when Aaron Gordon got into foul trouble, when Jonathan Isaac got into foul trouble guarding Anthony Davis, Frank Vogel could turn to a veteran like Maurice Spates and just throw him in the game cold for several several games now. Has he hasn't? I don't think he's played meaningful minutes since the Brooklyn game, since the second since the second game of the year. He just threw him in there and let him go. As Vogel said, when most Spates is in the game, he's always on fire. It's just about finding the right situation to use him. And a guy like Spates, and even a guy like Aflalo, they'll have their moment. Having them on the team is a luxury for this for the Magic. It was a luxury the Magic got to use and were thankful that they were able to use in their win over New Orleans. Spates really did change the game. Making three-pointers was dispiriting to the Pelicans' defense and energized the Magic offense. You could see every time he celebrated a three, 
the bench was up celebrating with him. And that's what a bench can do. And just inject a little bit of energy into the team. And that's something the Magic have missed for several years now. And so, one of the big transitions or one of the big differences in this Magic team now is that not only are their starters playing well, their bench is a positive. When the bench comes in in the second and the fourth quarter, that lead ain't going anywhere. The Magic are, for the most part, I mean, obviously there are some exceptions, including the second quarter on on Monday night, but the Magic are going to be able to at least hold the boat steady. It isn't going to be the starters coming in, you know, with momentum against them. The Magic are able to play a set rotation, not play their starters heavy minutes. Evan Fournier played 35 minutes on Monday. That's probably a little bit more than they'd like. But certainly Orlando is benefiting from this newfound depth. And it's one of the key differences for this team. Depth indeed is a difference for this team. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, trying to go a little bit shorter. I don't know if I accomplished that or not. Uh, After the Megapod yesterday, you can go back and listen to that on our archives on iTunes as well as the other great places you can find podcasts on your podcast-enabled listening device. Um, We're now on the Panoply Network. Uh, Hopefully, you'll be able to find us on there as well. I'm still getting used to everything we can do with Panoply, but I'm definitely very excited to, to move with them. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at, you can follow the podcast at least on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, you can follow, uh, uh, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to follow OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as on Twitter at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Once again, the final score, the Orlando Magic 115, the New Orleans Pelicans 99. They're back in action Wednesday against the Memphis Grizzlies. Until tomorrow, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.